Greetings, followers of Despero's Tale. We are about to start Chapter 16, Blinded by the Light. As our story continues, reader, we must go backward in time to the birth of a rat. A rat named Chiaroscuro, also called Roscuro. A rat born into the filth and darkness of the dungeon several years before the mouse Despero was born upstairs in the light. Reader, do you know what the definition of the word chiaroscuro is? If you look it up in your dictionary, you will find that it means the arrangement of light and dark, darkness and light together. Rats do not care for the light. Roscuro's parents were having a bit of fun when they named their son. Rats have a sense of humor. Rats, in fact, think that life is very funny. And they're right, reader. They are right. In the case of Chiaroscuro, however, the joke had a hint of prophecy to it. For it happened that when Roscuro was a very young rat, he came upon a great length of rope on the dungeon floor. Ah, what do we have here? said Roscuro. Being a rat, he immediately began to nibble at the rope. Stop that! boomed a voice. A great hand came down out of the darkness and picked up the rat by his tail and held him suspended upside down. Were you nibbling on Gregory's rope, rat? Who wants to know? said Roscuro. Even for upside down, he was still a rat. You're a smart alecky rat. You a smart alecky rat nibbling, nibbling, nibbling on Gregory's rope. Gregory will teach you to mess with his rope. And kept Roscuro upside down. Gregory lit a match with the nail of his thumb and then held the brilliant flame right in Roscuro's face. Huh? <gasps> said Roscuro. He pulled his head back, away from the light, but alas, he did not close his eyes, and the flame exploded around him and danced inside him. Has no one told you the rules? said Gregory. What rules? Gregory's rope, rat, is off limits. So? Apologize for chewing on Gregory's rope. I will not, said Roscuro. Apologize. No. Filthy rat, said Gregory. You black sword, you black sword thing. Gregory has had it with you rats. He held the match closer to the squirrel's face, and a terrible smell of burnt whiskers rose up around the jailer and the rat. And then, when the match went out and Gregory released Roscuro's tail, he flung him into the darkness. Don't ever touch Gregory's rope again, or you'll be sorry. Roscuro sat on the dungeon floor. The whiskers on his left side of his face were gone. His heart was beating hard, and although the light from the match had disappeared, it danced still before the rat's eyes, even when he closed them. Light, he said aloud, and then he whispered the word again, light. From that moment forward, Roscuro showed an abnormal, inordinate interest in illumination of all sorts. He was always 
in the darkness of the dungeon on the lookout for light, the smallest glimmer, the tiniest shimmer. His rat soul longed inexplicably for it. He began to think that light was the only thing that gave life meaning, and he despaired that there was so little of it to be had. He finally voiced his sentiment to his friend, a very old one-eared rat named Bocelli Remorso. I think, said Roscuro, that the meaning of life is light. Light, said Bocelli. Ah, you kill me. Light has nothing to do with it. The meaning of life, said Bocelli, is suffering, specifically the suffering of others. Prisoners, for instance. Reducing a prisoner to weeping and wailing and begging is a delightful way to invest your existence with meaning. As he spoke, Bocelli swung, swung from the one extraordinarily long nail of his right front paw, a heart-shaped locket. He had taken the locket from a prisoner and hung it on a thin braided rope. Whenever Bocelli spoke, the locket moved back and forth, back and forth it swung. Are you listening? said Bocelli to Roscuro. I'm listening. Good, said Bocelli. Do as I say and your life will be full of meaning. This is how you torture a prisoner first. You must convince him that you are a friend. Listen to him. Encourage him to confess his sins. And when the time is right, talk to him. Tell him what he wants to hear. Tell him, for instance, that you forgive him. This is a wonderful joke to play upon a prisoner, to promise forgiveness. Why? said Roscuro. His eyes went back and forth and back and forth following the locket. Because, said Bocelli, you will promise it, <laughs> but you will not grant it. You gain his trust and then you deny him. You refuse to offer the very thing he wants, forgiveness, freedom, friendship, Whatever it is his heart desires most, you will withhold. At this point in his lecture, Bocelli laughed. <laughs> oh, so hard that he had to sit down and catch his breath. The locket swayed back and forth slowly and then stopped altogether. <laughs> said Bocelli. <laughs> You gain his trust and refuse him. <laughs> you become what he knew you were all along. What you knew you were all along. Not a friend. Not a confessor. Not a forgiver. But <laughs> a rat. Bocelli wiped his eye and shook his head and sighed a sigh of great contentment. He set the locket in motion again. At that point, it is most effective to run back and forth over the prisoner's feet, inducing physical terror along with the emotional sort. Oh, he said, 
It is such a lovely game, such a lovely game, and it is just absolutely chock full of meaning. I would like very much to torture a prisoner, said the squirrel, to make him suffer. Your time will come, said Bercelli. Currently all the prisoners are spoken for, but another prisoner will arrive sooner or later. How do I know this is true? Because, Roscuro, thankfully there is evil in the world, and the presence of evil guarantees the existence of prisoners. So soon there'll be a prisoner for me? Yes, said Bocelli, remorseful. Yes. Ah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, of course you are looking forward to it. You are looking forward to it because you are a rat. A real rat. Yes, said your squirrel, I am a real rat. Concerned not at all with the light, said Bocelli. Concerned not at all with the light, repeated your squirrel. Bocelli laughed again and shook his head. The locket suspended from his long nail and his paw swung back and forth and back and forth. You, my friend, are a rat. Exactly. Yes, evil prisoners, rats, suffering. It all fits together and so neatly, so sweetly. Oh, it is a lovely world, a lovely dark world. Not long after this conversation between Bocelli and Roscuro, a prisoner arrived. The dungeon door slammed and the two rats watched a man being led by a king's soldier down the stairs into the dungeon. Excelente, whispered Bocelli. This one is yours. Roscuro looked at the man closely. I will make him suffer, he said. But as he stared up at the man, the door to the dungeon was suddenly flung open and a thick and brilliant shaft of afternoon light cut through the darkness of the dungeon. Oh, said Botrali. He covered his eyes with one paw. Roscuro, however, stared directly into the light. Reader, this is important. The rat called... Chiaroscura did not look away. He let the light from the upstairs world enter him and fill him. He gasped out loud with the wonder of it. Give him small comforts, shouted a voice at the top of the stairs, and a red cloth was thrown into the light. The cloth hung suspended for a moment, bright, red, and glowing. And then the door was slammed shut again and the light disappeared and the cloth fell to the floor. It was Gregory the jailer who went to pick it up. Go on, said the old man as he held the cloth out to the prisoner. Take it. You'll need every bit of warmth down here. And so the prisoner took the cloth and draped it around his shoulders as if it were a cloak. And the soldier of the king said, Right then, Gregory, he's all yours. And the soldier turned and went back upstairs, 
opened the door to the outside world and some small light leaked in before he closed the door behind him. Did you see that? Roscuro asked Bocciali. Hideously ugly, said Bocciali. Ridiculous. What can they possibly mean by letting all of that light in at once? Don't they know this is a dungeon? Well, it was beautiful, said Roscuro. No, said Bocciali. No. He looked at Roscuro intently. Not beautiful. No. I must go see more light. I must see all of it, said Roscuro. I must go upstairs, Bocioli sighed. Who cares about the light? You are obsessed with it. Tiresome. Listen, we are rats. Rats. We do not like the light. We are all about darkness. We are about suffering. But, said Rescuro, upstairs, no abots, said Bocciori. No abots, none. Rats do not go upstairs. Upstairs is the domain of the mice. He took the locket from around his neck. What? he said, swinging it back and forth. Is this a rope made of whiskers? The whiskers of whom? Mice. Exactly. And who lives upstairs? Mice. Exactly. Mice. Patroli turned his head and spat on the floor. Mice are nothing but little packages of blood and bone, afraid of everything. They are despicable, laughable, the opposite of everything we try to strive to be. Do you want to live in their world? Roscuro looked up, past Patrolli, to the delicious silver of light that shone out from underneath the door. <laughs> He said nothing. Listen, said Bocciolli. This is what you should do. Go and torture the prisoner. Go and take the red cloth from him. The cloth will satisfy your craving for something from that world. But do not go up into the light. You will regret it. As he spoke, the locket swung back and forth and back and forth. You do not belong in that world. You are a rat. A rat. Say it with me. Rat. Rat. Ah. But you are a cheating. You must say, I am a rat said Bocciolli, smiling his low smile at Roscuro. I am a rat, said Roscuro. Again, said Bocciolli, swinging his locket. I am a rat. Exactly, said Bocciolli. A rat is a rat is a rat. 
End of a story. World without the end. Amen. Yeah, said Rascuro. Amen, I'm a rat. He closed his eyes. He saw again the red cloth spinning against the backdrop of gold. And he told himself, reader, that it was the cloth that he desired, not the light. Chapter 18, Confessions. Rascuro went, as Bocholi told him he must, to torment the new prisoner and take the red cloth from him. The man was sitting with his legs stretched out in front of him, chained to the floor. The red cloth was still draped over his shoulders. Rascuro squeezed through the bars and crept slowly over the damp, weeping stones of the cell floor. When he was close to the man, he said, Welcome. We are delighted to have you. The man lit a match and looked at Roscuro. Roscuro stared longingly into the light. Go on, said the prisoner. He waved a hand in the direction of Roscuro and the match went out. You're nothing but a rat. I am, said Roscuro. Exactly that. A rat. Allow me to congratulate you on your very astute powers of observation. What do you want, rat? What do I want? Nothing. Nothing for my sake. That is, I have come for you. I have come to keep you company. He crawled closer to the man. I don't need the company of a rat. What about the solace a sympathetic ear can provide? Do you need that? Huh? Wouldn't you like to confess your sins? To a rat? Are you kidding me? Come on now, said Rascuro. Go on, close your eyes, pretend I'm not a rat, pretend I'm just another voice in the darkness, a voice that cares. The prisoner closed his eyes. All right, he said, I'll tell you, but I'm telling you because there ain't no point in not telling you, no point in keeping secrets from a dirty little rat. I ain't in such a desperate way that I need to lie to a rat. The man cleared his throat. I am here for stealing six cows, two jerseys, and four guernseys. Cow theft. That's my crime. He opened his eyes and stared into the darkness and laughed and closed his eyes again. But there's something else I have done. Many years ago, another crime. And they don't even know about it. <laughs> Go on said Roscuro softly. He crept closer. He allowed one paw to touch the magical red cloth. I traded my girl, my own daughter, for this red tablecloth and for a hen and a handful of cigarettes. Tch, said Roscuro. He was not alarmed to hear of such a hideous thing. His parents, after all, had not much cared for him, and certainly, if there was any way to profit from it, they would have sold him. And then, too, Petroli, one lazy afternoon, had recited from memory all the confessions he had heard from the prisoners. What humans were capable of came as no surprise to Roscuro. Ah, then, said the man. And then, encouraged Roscuro. And then I did the worst thing of all. I walked away from her, and she was crying and calling out for me, and I never did look back. I did not. Oh, Lord. I kept walking prisoner cleared his throat and he stiffened. Ah, 
said the squirrel. Yes, I see. By now he was standing so that all four paws were touching the red cloth. So, do you find comfort in this cloth that you sold your child for? It's warm, said the man. Was it worth your child? I like the color of it. Does the cloth remind you of what you have done wrong? It does, said the prisoner, and he stiffened. It does. Allow me to ease your burden, said Roscuro. He stood on his hind legs and bowed at the waist. I will take this reminder of your sins from you, he said. The rat took hold of the tablecloth in his strong teeth and pulled it off the shoulders of the man. Hey, see here, I want that back. But Roscuro, reader, was quick. He pulled the tablecloth through the bars of the cell and whoosh, like a magic trick, in reverse. Hey, shouted the prisoner, bring that back, it's all I've got. Yep, said Roscuro, and that is exactly why I must take it. You dirty rat, shouted the prisoner. Yep, said Roscuro, that's right, that is most accurate. And he left the man and dragged the tablecloth back to his nest and considered it. What a disappointment it was. Looking at it, Roscuro knew that Bercelli was wrong. What Roscuro wanted, what he needed, was not the cloth, but the light that had shone behind it. He wanted to be filled, flooded, blinded again with light. And for that reader, the rat knew he must go upstairs. Bum, bum, bum. Uh-oh. Chapter 19. Light, light everywhere. Imagine, if you will, having spent the whole of your life in a dungeon. Imagine that late one spring day, you step out of the dark and into a world of bright windows and polished floors, winking copper pots, shining suits of armor, and tapestries sewn in gold. Imagine, and while you are imagining things, imagine this too. Imagine that at the same time the rat steps from the dungeon into the castle, a mouse is being born upstairs. A mouse reader who is destined to meet the light bedazzled rat. But that meeting will occur much later. And for now, that rat is nothing but happy, delighted, amazed to find himself standing in so much light. I, said Roscuro, spinning dizzily from one bright thing to the next, will never leave. Nope, never. I will never go back down into that dungeon. Why would I? I will never torture another prisoner. It's here I belong. The rat waltzed happily from room to room until he found himself at the door of a banquet hall. He looked inside and saw gathered there King Philip, Queen Rosemary, and the Princess P. Twenty noble people, a juggler, four minstrels, and all the king's men. This party 
reader was a sight for a rat's eyes. Roscuro had never seen happy people. He had only known the miserable ones. Gregory the jailer and those who were consigned to his domain did not laugh or smile or clink glasses with the person sitting next to them. Roscuro was enchanted. Everything glittered. Everything. The gold spoons on the table and the jingle bells on the juggler's lap, the strings on the minstrel's guitars, and the crowns on the king's and queen's heads. And the little princess, how lovely she was. How much like light. Her gown was covered in sequins that twinkled and glimmered at the rat. And when she laughed, and she laughed often, everything around her seemed to grow brighter. Oh, really, said Roscuro, this is too extraordinary. I must tell Bricelli that he is wrong. Suffering is not the answer. Light is the answer. And he made his way into the banquet hall. He lifted his tail off the ground and held it at an angle and marched in time with the music of the minstrels who were playing on their guitar. The rat reader invited himself to the party. Chapter 20, A View from the Chandelier There was, in the banquet hall, a beautiful ornate chandelier. The crystals that hung from it caught the light of the candles on the table and the light from the face of the laughing princess. They danced to the rhythm of the minstrel's music and swayed back and forth, twinkling and beckoning. What better place to view all of this glory, all of this beauty? There was so much laughing and singing and juggling that no one noticed as Roscuro crawled up the table leg and on to the table. And from there, he flung himself to the lowest branch of the chandelier. Hanging by one paw, he swung back and forth, admiring the spectacle below him. The smells of food, the sounds of music, the light, the light. The light! Amazing! Unbelievable! Roscuro smiled and shook his head. Unfortunately, a rat can only hang from a chandelier for so long before being discovered. Uh, this would be true even at the lousiest party. Reader, do you know who spotted him? <laughs> You're right. The sharp-eyed Princess P.